the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 100 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I'm joined, as I am every week, by Graham McDonald. This week we're going to be, you know, we're going to be looking back just briefly at the start of at the 100 episodes of the podcast. Uh, then we're going to be talking about a little bit more about the fallout from Ronda Rousey and the mainstream media kind of um, backlash on MMA and the whole Merle Streep thing and all. Just briefly, we're not going to get into it because it's boring and no one really cares. Then we're going to talk about the Yair Rodriguez BJ pin card. We're going to look through the divisions and see how they're stacking up. Um, at you know, it's kind of a, a change over time at the moment. No champion is booked in a, in a fight, so we're going to be looking at that. And then we're going to be asked, answering your questions. Before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. If you don't know ROS Nutrition, they're Ireland's leading supplement provider. They have all that good stuff, like proteins and amino acids, uh, sports performance, um, strength and conditioning, creatine products, products for fat loss, female nutritional essential oils, all that good stuff. Head on over to rosnutrition.com. You can get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVERMMA. And on New Year now, there are a lot of good uh, offers over there, very reasonably priced um, products, and you can get even more. So you put in the promo code SEVERMMA, get 25% off your first order, rosnutrition.com. Boom. Right, Graham, 100 episodes. Um, it's, been a, it's been a fun ride, obviously. I'm just give a shout-out to Andrew. He was there for the first... What, 94 or 5 of them, and then you, you came in. Um, obviously, you've been there kind of producing the show in the background, uploading, doing all that stuff even before you started. How was, what has it been like for you? How Have you enjoyed the show from episode one, or was it, was it a struggle? or what way was it? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think I've gotten better as it goes along and getting more, more comfortable. The first couple were a little uh, dodgier than, than I am now, I think. So, yeah, it just seems normal now. It doesn't seem like uh, like work. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, for me, I think it's. I'm probably probably Andrew would say the same. You know, it's it's great to like have your voice, uh, heard, not to have your voice heard, but to be able to to voice your opinions and stuff like that. Um, I think you know it, it's grand doing it on Twitter and stuff, but I think until you people can actually hear you and hear how you uh, like actually work things out and how you you know your actual deep thoughts and things, I think it's it's. Uh, the best thing you can do when you're in, in a in a position like ours and i think this podcast has been been really good to, to facilitate that um and you know long, long may it continue just shout out to everyone who's, who's listened to us stuck by us obviously like the first maybe 15 or 16 episodes we had some sound issues teething issues and you know for people to, to stick through that was was uh brilliant but i think you know we'll probably hit our in our stride maybe around 30 or 40 mark and since then it's been really good obviously it was uh it was sad to lose andrew but i think we've uh we've picked up the the rain since he's left and it, it's become uh it's it's become uh even i wouldn't say even better now i wouldn't i wouldn't say that against andrew but i think it's 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 still very good um and now uh, we're going to be obviously going from from strength to strength with with the listeners help and um yeah it's you know, it's been it's been it's been good crack. I've enjoyed it every every Monday or Tuesday coming in here talking for an hour. So um yeah, it's been fun. You looking forward to doing it in the future, Graham? And have you have you enjoyed it so far? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, enjoying it. And uh, 
it's good to yeah it's good it's good to get your opinions out there it's hard to get it out on twitter or even in articles and stuff it's kind of hard to get everything across this gives a nice platform just to say what you're thinking and explain why you're thinking it yeah exactly definitely um i suppose before we we get into the actual podcast this week man united liverpool this weekend people have been uh con at us there to to give our our predictions for this weekend what do you what do you think how do you see it going do you think uh do you think your boy Klopp, after picking a u team for this weekend can can put out an actual team this weekend to beat man united yeah, well, we got a uh, Liverpool of Spurs or Southampton, is it? Southampton, sorry, in uh, in some other bullshit cup first. So uh, get that out of the way first, and then hopefully Phil Coutinho will be back. I think they're saying that he that he will. So that's a that's a huge one. Uh, he's uh, caused Man United a lot of pain in the past, and the only time uh, Liverpool and Man United played in Europe, uh, Phil Coutinho was a difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. What was that in the Europa League, was it? Who cares? Europe, yeah. Who cares about that? Um, yeah. Who cares about that? If you don't care about that, then you wouldn't care about the Provincial League anyway. Uh, sure. Of course, Liverpool fans would say that when they never have a chance of winning it. But um, yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think Man United, you know, I'm I'm usually not very confident. I'm usually like a worrisome kind of guy when Man United are playing. But I think this weekend, uh, I'd be surprised if we didn't win. Mm. I think we're in form. I've seen Mike Dean playing for you last week as well. Got to give you good confidence. Yeah. Oh yeah. And unlike Liverpool, who got a yeah, two penalties given against us. You yeah, have an offside. Should have had a fucking third one. Yeah. Yeah. What a butterfly effect, Sean. Come on. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Anyway. United just gonna ruin you. Zlatan is definitely gonna score. Pogba, Pogba is gonna Pogba's gonna stand up and, uh, and score a uh, score a few goals in the weekend and, and show you what a real midfielder is like. You know, so there, there you go. Uh, I'm actually on the I'm on the US Anfield podcast tomorrow night, so that should be fun. Oh yeah, so, yeah they don't know what they're getting themselves in for. <laughs> it's gonna be a good crack. At least you give me a bit, bit of back, uh, back a bit of banter. Like I, I don't know, these gym boys. It could be just me just going on for like half an hour about it. But that that should be fun anyway. But um, speaking of banter, I suppose let's get into the let's get into the MMA talk. And you know, our our first topic of discussion, I suppose, is just like the whole mainstream kind of non MMA fans speaking about MMA, and it's a thing that happens so often in May and. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of one who takes the sense to either joke about it or just ignore it, um, but sometimes you know you have to discuss it as well and, and talk about you know the fallout. I suppose f- first of all, if we can get to Toronto Rousey, I suppose there's you know there's lots of fallout this week. Even I was on you know I was on the radio and they asked me if if she was a spoofer, and I suppose that's it's a fair question to ask for someone who maybe is is you know a casual fan or whatever. But I think. MMA people and stuff, you know, I think they realize what what actually is the case here. I think the likes of, you know, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and stuff, they've come out and said, like, Ronda Rossi was never a real fighter and things like that. And, you know, it, a lot of it is harsh, but there's there's some bits of it that, okay, it might sound very um, harsh and glib maybe to say for them, but there are parts of it that there is truth to it but there's parts of it that's just complete bullshit as well like for me personally you know we spoke about it last week in the podcast but i definitely think 
you know, the game did pass Ronda by a little bit, and that's because of you know her training. Obviously, she didn't go to top camp. Uh, maybe she just couldn't, you know, she couldn't get a grasp grasp on boxing and striking and stuff. That happens too, but that doesn't really matter when you're looking at Ronda Rousey's um, position in the sport. You know, in history, maybe because she was. The one to bring the to bring women's MMA to the to the UFC. She did defend her belt what four three or four times, you know. She was the one to really take it to the next level. And just because she lost a couple of fights, and you know, her style was obviously people found a way past her style, and she couldn't. De- well, so far she couldn't develop herself to get over that that still doesn't take away what she's actually done in the sport and the fact that she's, you know, she she was the main reason. You listen to Dana White, she was the main reason that the, the UFC um, brought in women's MMA. And, you know, you can't take that away from her. And she she beat good people. You know, she beat Katzengana, who got beaten, or who beat Amanda oh, Nunes. seconds as well. Yeah, who beat Amanda Nunes. Like, so it's not like she was fighting scrubs or she was fighting, you know, people like Heist Gracie were fighting, you know, who didn't know the game. She was fighting real good people. And uh, I don't think you can take that away from her. Well, do you see it the same way or are you just, do you, are you yeah. on with... Yeah, yeah I, think, I think a lot of these um, uh, mainstream sports media are just doing hot takes because they know it'll get clicks, it'll get views. They don't actually know the situation. They probably don't even believe after what they're saying. They just know it's going to get clicks and views like that skip bayless show is just ludicrous like the around the whole uh mayweather mcgregor thing they were making outlandish statements about everything like that's just their whole stick their whole stick is making hot takes uh about stuff they don't even have a clue about yeah i, I think a big thing about this as well you know ronda criticized mma media coming up to her last fight and i think Right now is the time she should be coming out and probably thanking the MMA media because everyone in the MMA media has been sticking up for her for the last week. You know, look at the likes of Ariel like coming out and saying it. Luke Thomas has come out and said it. Chuck, uh, Chuck Minhal, like we, we're saying it now, said it on, you know, on Twitter. Everyone is saying it. Like, you know, that there, it's been terribly unfair treatment of her. And I think... You know, I think she should appreciate that if she's going to yeah. come out and not speak to the media for months, like, you know. Yeah, well, like, I think um, Joe Rogan, Dana White, hyping her up, being like, she's the best mm-hmm. athlete once in human history and all that stuff. Some fans seem to think that, that, like, they don't understand, these casual fans or these non-MMA fans don't seem to understand that Joe Rogan's saying all that to promote an upcoming show and that Dana White is, like, these are employees of, of a promotion promoting fights. They think, like, that's, like, the media's view but people knew ronda hadn't got very good striking people were talking about it for years like yeah. while she was beating people in 14 seconds people were talking about how bad her striking is like this isn't this is not like um surprising that she can't strike it uh, it's it's surprising the, like the devastating fashion in which she's lost and like that but it's like you could see it coming like it, yeah. it wasn't out of the blue yeah like so i think that, that maybe to a lot of a lot of people who don't watch the sport like Skip Bayless and all to them it was shocking. They thought she was going to win forever because they were just believing all the hype. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a thing as well that media are often criticised for, like for changing their stances and stuff. But 
you have to change your stance on things. Like, look look at Fernando Torres, for instance. Like, if you're if you're a, a football journalist and you're covering him for Liverpool, you're obviously going to say, you know, he's one of the top strikers in the world. He's scoring all the time. You know, he's a great partnership with with Steven Gerrard and stuff, doing well. And then he, when he goes to Chelsea and he, you know, he can't hit a fucking barn door with a ball. Like, what are you going to say then? Are you going to say, oh, he's a great striker? You have to say he's out of form. You have to say he's playing badly. You have to say, okay, maybe this is, you know, maybe his career is done. Maybe he's finished. Those are things you have to say or else you're not covering the sport. Right? Like, things go like that. Like, look at even Wayne Rooney. Like, People adopt their goals. game in football yeah. all the time when they start getting older they, or they just, they, they need to change position. They, like, they adapt their game. You, you got to, you got to change with the times. Like maybe what you were doing ten years ago was fitting into all the tactics that managers were looking to play, but now it's not. So you just got to you got to change with the times, and it doesn't seem like Ronda's evolved. Yeah, definitely. But I suppose, uh, like, uh, if you look further into it, then I suppose um, you have the likes of, of Shane Ross coming out again this week, speaking about um, speaking about MMA in Ireland, and he's like. And I think it's it's mainly because of obviously safe MMA and uh, the I am what are they called the I am triple A or something M-A-A. like that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, there's lots of there's lots of talks and stuff going on with him at the moment. Obviously, PT's covering it uh, very well. Like that, you know, there's there was a meeting there. I think at, at the weekend there was uh, there was a seminar Dan Healy did on, on brain injury seminar on Friday. Yeah, and and I think that's. You know that's that's great because you know that's not happening in other parts of the world, and I think uh, like Ireland is actually kind of leading the way at the moment in that. And for people to come out and like Shane Ross and criticize it like that without really understanding what's happening, I think is, uh, I think it's incorrect, just just terribly incorrect. Um, and there's there's a level of understanding that you really should have if you're in his position and come out and say something like that. You know. I think I think it's I think it's very unprofessional of someone like that to actually say that when there's things going on. Like, what, has he spoken to Dan Healy? Like, has he spoken to to John Kavanagh? Has he spoken to Andy Ryan and all all those other guys who are not involved have. anymore? But yeah, exa- exactly. Like, and, there's, and, there's an old quote that's attributed to Albert Einstein. It says, uh, "Condemnation without thorough investigation is the height of ignorance." I like that. I think that yeah. applies here. Yeah, I, I think it does as well. Yeah, but it's it's over. Like I think he's a, just a terrible minister for sport, really. And I think he was given that job just because they needed him to um to to make the government. And I don't think he'll be there for much longer, to be honest. So, you know, maybe that's not a not a big issue. But look, a lot of government is not uh, what you know, it's who you know. Exactly, and I, I think the thing is as well, a lot of stuff happening with the the Irish Mixed Martial Arts Association. It's kind of um, small. It's not small things, but I think the big things have already happened. Like you know the the special room at events. You know the the fact that it's it's on the road to being recognised as a sport now. Like those were the big things that needed to happen. I think the things now, obviously, they're huge. You know, if, if for people involved and for you know for the competitors and all, everything like that. But I think at the moment it's it's kind of figuring things out you know it's as i said look even at the start of the podcast it's like teething problems that, that are happening at the moment and i think we're st- i think it's still in a good place to to get you know the sport to where it needs to be in ireland and i i, I don't i actually don't think these dissenting voices actually hurt it i actually think they might help it a little bit because they realize that these opinions are just you know they're just 
stupid and not well thought out and stuff like there's there's i think mma people actually have the best dissenting voices towards mma than anyone because we actually know like what's going on you know we we criticize mma here a lot we criticize people who you know who go back into fights you know whether it's the ufc or whether it's ireland or whatever too quickly after being knocked out and stuff like that you know i i was very critical of say like dan dan henderson against um against daniel Carmi. i thought that fight should never be made like stuff like that is what people in the know talk about and what you know actual issues that should be should be clarified and i think people who don't have an educated view on it kind of go for issues that are have been there for 20 years and that we we kind of already know about and that are already fleshed out yeah yeah it does seem like the same old thing being wheeled out every every few years by different people but i suppose uh it all happened with like John Kane in America years ago was just happening the last few years in Ireland because of Connor and the rise of Irish MMA. So I suppose it's to be expected, and I'm kind of used to it at this stage. It doesn't even really bother me to be honest. It used to kind of be used to bother me a little, but now I'm just I'm just used to it. Yeah, uh, like just being there, doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, like I, that Shane Ross thing this week. I like I didn't even. I didn't even bat an eyelid really at it. Yeah, but people are like tagging me on on Twitter, being like, "What do you think it is?" And I'm just like, "I don't even." I didn't even reply. I was just yeah. like, "Whatever." I I just don't care anymore either. But I think um, like there's you you mentioned a good point there. That's like America, like a few years ago. But I, I actually don't think it's as bad as America was really because I think there's a lot of people who actually do respect the sport and who do understand what it's like and you know realize that there's a level of education that you need to fully understand the sport uh and i think like those there's a lot of those people and i think you know sometimes the minority are very loud and you hear them a lot and i think that's the case here with with um you know with Shane Ross. like in the kenny came out and said really good things about conor mcgregor and about him and me a couple of weeks ago and people weren't talking about that half as much you know as you know so i think i think that's more important than than the whole uh the whole Shane Ross thing, but as I said, you know, I think Irish MMA is on a is on a steady path to becoming recognised as a sport, and I don't think, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to stop us, uh, to be honest. But yeah. they've made so many good changes uh, since Joe's death. Like, er- like everything has been done to make it more safe. It's at the cost of the promoter and the gyms and the and the fighters. They're going well out of the way here to make this this very safe. So I don't think that can be denied. That like everything. In, everything within reason is being done to, to make this sport as safe as possible and safer than a lot of other sports. Like I don't want to single out any other sports, but people can make up their own minds. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I suppose like, in order to get, to get to the kind of the broader point of it, like it's people, I suppose we talked about, they're not really caring. Um, but I think there's a level of, not, I mean, not really caring about like the dissenting voices and stuff, but I think there's a level of people that, care an awful lot maybe care too much or maybe haven't been around the ring or as much as we have you know been on different podcasts and on radio shows to discuss it and on twitter and you know everywhere articles you know we've been doing it for years and years and years and i suppose some people have been doing it for years and years and years and keep doing it as well and some people maybe are more new to it and get very offended by these things but I think uh, last night as well that showed up um, with the whole Meryl Streep thing when when she said, you know, she was talking about... Um, what do people expect from uh, like a 70-odd-year-old woman or whatever it is? Like, But it wasn't even that bad, really. It was kind of just a joke. You know, it was... You know, it was... She wasn't taking a shot. It was really out of place. Really. It was really out of place in her speech as well. It was really yeah, it was. weird. 
Oh, well, I didn't. I didn't really listen to the speech. I listened to bits of it, but God, it was <laughs> like at at the start, and I was even discussing with with David Martin on Twitter. I was like, I, I thought people were kind of just having the crack. They realized, but then oh, yeah, after yeah. that, I was like. Oh no no, I was wrong. <laughs> like people were getting really mad. Oh like, lads, come on! What are you getting? What are you? Why are you so mad? What are you getting mad over? Like it's, uh, I, I, and I, I like it's nice in one way because people are obviously very protective of, of MMA and you know MMA is a, is a thing people fall in love with an awful lot and you know it's like their baby and if anyone says anything bad about it they get mad and yeah. the first reaction is, is to. It uh, used to be worse like years ago, yeah, like same. maybe eight or nine years, ten years ago. It used to be awful, but I think. Um, I think a lot of people just love getting angry and giving out. It's just like part of the fun. They're enjoying it. They're not actually that outraged, really. Obviously, a lot some people are, but a lot of them just join in. I think. Yeah, I do as well. But <laughs> I think it was funny. Scott Coker uh, took the opportunity to invite her to the to Chelsea and um, uh, who's he fighting? Tito Ortiz card, which which is coming up, which we'll probably speak about next week. And uh, you know, probably probably a good move. You know, a good PR move. He's got plenty of retweets and stuff out of it. But yeah, like I think the reaction to it was there was a lot of joke going around at the start. And you know, can Merle make one thirty five? That was my my personal favorite from from myself. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't think you know. I don't think the reaction was was quite as in line with what she actually sh- said as it should have been. Like, I, I think there was a level of people kind of being happy that mixed martial arts was mentioned, and that it was like you know it was on Twitter moments and stuff this morning and things like that. And you know, in in one way, it's good to get the the name out of it. And um, Twitter moments, Does people people use that, do they? I've started using. I was the dissenting voice, like you. I've said dissenting voice like five times on this podcast already. But yeah, I kind of like it now. It's it's actually you know it's it's kind of like a twitter reacts to like everything that happens on on twitter so it's kind of fun so it's uh it's not too bad but uh yeah have you any closing thoughts on that or should we move on to bjp no let's move on yeah right let's let's talk about bjpin.com um <laughs> the, 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 the leading site for all your mma news and original content um <laughs> he's fighting your rodriguez uh this weekend at ufc uh fight night 103 from the weirdly named talking stick resort arena in phoenix arizona um look i suppose sorry before need... you start before you start what was your useful useless fact of the day there the other day about bj oh BJ Pin, yeah. The last time BJ Pin won a fight was the day Jose Aldo, Jose, Jose Aldo was cro- crowned the inaugural UFC featherweight champion. November so twenty ten. Yeah, it was the week after, or was Jeez. it the week before? That it was. I, oh, hold on, let me think. Uh, it was uh, the same week anyway. It was either the sun Saturday before the Sunday after that. Joseph Duffy beat Conor McGregor in Cork. So that was the last time. BJ Pin that long ago that BJ won, but yeah. Yeah, Matt Hughes, he knocked him out. It was a good knockout, in fairness. But yeah, it was, actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that just shows you why there's, a, like, a level of dissension towards uh, this card and this matchmaking and stuff. Like, I, I called it an obituary when, when the announcement was, was made. And I was like, it, it's funny. Re- right in my, my preview, it, it's hard to look at BJ Pin. And look at his old fights 
and give him absolutely no chance because he was such a great fighter. Like he was, his jujitsu was brilliant. You know, his takedown defense was unbelievable. His striking was, you know, so his, his hands were so crisp. His chin was brilliant. But then you look at that last Frank Edgar fight and you think he's not the same fighter, you know, and standing on his tippy toes, like what was yeah. he doing? It's, it's still mind boggling. Like what he was thinking there. Yeah. Like, do you give any chance of an actual game, you know, skilled BJ Pin turning up, or do you think it's going to be the Frank Edgar BJ Pin again? There's a chance. There's always a chance, but uh, I used to kind of <laughs> nearly buy into all this uh, BJ's back stuff, but yeah. I just can't anymore. After after the even after the Rory McDonald one and 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 then the Edgar one where he's standing on his tippy toes, it's just it's just it was. It was it was sad to watch. I remember actually on Twitter, a lot of MMA media and MMA fans who were kind of well known on Twitter, people were like mourning during the fight for BJ Penn. It was just like people were just sad watching watching it happen. And I'd say that's probably what's going to happen again against Yar. People are going to be sad watching it. But uh, some people are. I think Will Martin was saying he has a forty percent chance of winning. Um, I think he reckons if he gets to the ground. But I think I think Jiu Jitsu has moved on a lot, as we were saying. Like the game moves on, it changes. He, if you're if you're out having a good time or not training, everybody else is is improving and it just moves on so quickly. And Yair is, is <laughs> it was a strange matchup. I think uh, the reaction from everybody kind of it was a tougher matchup than most people expected. People were expecting like a Dennis Eaver or something like that. So yeah, um, it's MMA. Anything can happen, but I'm I'm not expecting much, if anything, from anything of the old BJ from BJ. Yeah, like. After that, or say he fought Frank Edgar last, he fought Rory McDonald before that. I remember after the Rory McDonald fight, like Dana White was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was like, oh, I don't want to make money off of guys like BJ Penn, you know, he's not going to fight for the UFC again. And then he fought Frank Edgar, like maybe a year later. And now it's three years since that, nearly. And he's fighting again. I'm like, God almighty, what, what are we doing? What are, you know, what are, <laughs> he just said himself in the post fight press conference of Edgar. He said he wanted he wanted to find out if he could still do it, and basically yeah. he said he that he can't. He knows he can't. But now years later, he's back again. And I think a big worry about this is on like I think this comeback. A lot of people were um or justifying it by saying he was with Jacksons with Jacksons, yeah. um, but. He's not with Jacksons anymore. You know, he's with Jason Perry now. I think yeah, yeah, trends at Jacksons, or at least he he did trends at, train at Jacksons. I think he he kind of goes in and out of there, and I I'm not sure if that's the reason why BJ left, but he hasn't been there for the last um the last few months. And are you eating? Me? Yeah. No. Sounds like there's someone chewing potatoes. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> You, you just get you have that you have that uh, noise in your head from Noel McGrath eating the whole time. <laughs> Maybe yeah, chewing chewing gummy bears. Yeah, but look, as I said, that that justification of of being at Jackson's and stuff. God, I, I you know I was thinking about it. and Maybe you know I could live with it a little bit, but the fact that he's not there anymore and no, jo, jo, um, Jason Prillard is a good coach, but oh God, I, I, I'm just. I, I can't get positive about this fight. Now, like, there's, there's parts of me, you know, for a few seconds, as I said, like, who look at, looks at BJ Penn and thinks, geez, BJ Penn's a good matchup for Yair Rodriguez. You know, Yair Rodriguez is a good fighter, but BJ Penn was a great fighter too, but, uh, God, he just, he just can't still be there, can he? I just, 
I can't see it happening. If if BJ Pin, the good BJ Pin, the proper BJ Pin came out, the old BJ motivated BJ, as they call him. Do, do you think he could beat Yair? Yeah, I think he, I think he can I think he can beat him, but but because it's MMA and be, and because it's a yeah year maybe could it's a big occasion for him and who knows what BJ's been doing like BJ's kind of a quiet character you don't see much much of his training or well quiet kind of training training video wise and stuff so it's hard to know what he's been doing but I just I bought into it before the the BJ's back thing and I just I just can't anymore. Yeah, but it is MMA, so anything can happen, which is which is which is why it's so exciting. Yeah, like the, I think the biggest problem is, and your point about MMA moving on, I think it's very valid because Yair Rodriguez, like I know, Will Martin's is a great man. He you know he knows a lot about MMA as well. But I, if Bjorn does get it to the ground, I think Yair Rodriguez is very very good jujitsu, and he's very very hard to hold down, very hard to catch in in submissions or anything like yeah. that. It used I mean, to be the case where BJ got people down and he took their whack and he choked them, but that's not going to happen these days against top guys. The game's moved on too much. People are, are too savvy in, in defensive, stuff like that. Um, yeah, he doesn't really have all that much knockout power, which is maybe why he's in there, BJ, but I just I just see him overwhelming BJ with strikes. and Yeah, uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Like I'd like to see BJ come back and be really competitive and it'd be... It'd be a back and forth fight, and but yeah, as I say, I, I just I just can't see it. Yeah, and I think a big problem as well with BJ is he takes so much damage, and he'll keep coming forward because we know BJ Pin will never give up. You know, he's the heart of a lion, and he you know he'll keep going, and that's dangerous, as you say, against someone like Yari Rodriguez, who maybe you know doesn't have that one knockout blow. No, he cannot knock people out one shot, especially with his his kicks. But he's a guy who will kind of kick you from the outside and keep kicking yeah. you for the whole night and trying, you know, kind of run in with with shots and and hit you. And that's dangerous against BJ Penn. Like it, okay, it's three rounds, but look at look at the Rory McDonald Nick Diaz fights. Look at the damage he took in those fights, and even Frank Yeager. Like that was, you know, we don't want to see that happening to BJ again. And look, hopefully he can come out and, and fight well, but. Um, for me, as I said, yeah, I was looking at Yair Rodriguez in a few of his fights as well, and Yair is a guy who, who's a great fighter, obviously very good, but if he's to reach the next level, I think he needs to be moving on his game as well because he could quickly turn into like an Anthony Pettis guy, I think, because obviously he's not, he doesn't have the same like fundamental problems as Anthony Pettis, but when you're kind of relying on maybe your your knockouts to win your fights and when you fight in like a wild style like his that's not always a good way of doing it you know if you're kind of like a fundamental kind of boxer or something like you know mark hunter mcgregor or junior dos santos something maybe you can a little bit more but when you're throwing kind of those wild kicks it's not it's not i'm not saying it's easy for people to avoid them but it's easy for it's easier for people to be very defensive against stuff like that and to maybe figure out the game a little bit more. Um, so I think there's there's a danger of that with Yair Rodriguez. I think in that um, Caceres fight, he showed signs of improvement in, in that area. And now he's still very young in his career, but I, I'm saying yeah. for the future. And he hasn't really fought anybody top level as well. We're, mm-hmm. we're kind of making assumptions about Yair's ability a bit from from the potential. But um, as you say, I think the, the welterweight fights with Diaz and, and McDonald took a lot out of, out of BJ. He took a lot of punishment uh, in them, both of them, especially the Nick Diaz fight. 
maybe one way that BJ could win is is kind of like he did against John Fitch. Even though he didn't win that, he drew it. He came out wrestling straight away, and he might catch Yair unawares there and maybe take the first round, and then all he needs is one of the... That's the main event, so we need three or five, yeah. So oh, it's five rounds, yeah. Fuck, I forgot, actually. Jeez, yeah. I said it was never, maybe he could work some kind of tiring Yair out with takedowns game, maybe, but does BJ even have the tank to go five rounds anymore? Does it... Yeah. It's tough to pick BJ in the fight, but he does like it's an MMA fight. He does have a chance. And yeah, year is a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just can't. I, I think BJ. I think BJ. Yeah, hopefully, he will retire after this one. Um, win or lose, if he wins here, he should just retire. That's your crowning moment. Yeah, there's the, there's the thought as well, and I think New York Rick has said it a lot that. BJ Penn is is the type of guy who needs to be fighting. You know, he'll go insane if he doesn't fight, and it's maybe safer for him to actually be fighting than to um to not be fighting. Which I yeah. can see. You know, something that would link to that is I think somebody tweeted a quote from BJ saying that uh, that once this is over, the only thing that will come close to to the enjoyment of fighting is replaying the replaying the fights in his head or something something along those lines. Yeah, like remember that call as well about him, say, him saying like when he's 70 years old on the beach and like when he's like a, a homeless bum on the beach or something he was saying that he'll say ah oh, kid I was a champion one time like and that's that is BJ Penn he's like one of those old school boxers you know like a Roy Jones or something who can like never let us never let it go and I think that's hopefully that's not someone we see like like a Roy Jones who came out and is just not the same as what he was. And obviously we've seen it once, arguably three times, but you know, this is a step down in level from Frank Yeager, um, Rory McDonald or Nick Diaz. Now, as we said, Jair Rodriguez is a very good fighter, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for me. Two and a half years out as well on top of all of that. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just going to be, it's just going to be so difficult, but, Look, I suppose we'll see how it goes on Saturday night, and uh, we'll discuss it more next week. Let's let's look at a couple of the other fights here. Um, I think the the biggest fight in this card was obviously going to be Brian Caraway against Jimmy Rivera, but Caraway had to pull up injured, and then Rivera pulled out of the card as well um, after he had been um, after he'd been matched up with uh, I think it was Marlon Vera. Um, and he decided to wait for a, a top guy instead. Um, but there's there's some other good fights on this. Um, I like that uh, Jocelyn jones Lieberger and Neen Answer of um, fight on, on the prelims. Uh, Alex White against Tony Martin is a good fight as well. Alex White um, beat Artem Labov. Was it his last fight or two fights ago? Um, and I think the biggest one on the prelims is John Moraga against Sergio Perez. I think Sergio has been improving over his last uh, his last few fights, but I, I'd probably favor John Moraga, even though he's coming in short notice in that one. How do you see it the same way, or would you give uh, Sergio a chance? Yeah. Uh, i give Sergio a chance, definitely. Um, it's, a, it's a close one. It's a hard one to pick. Moraga's a bit inconsistent as well. and I'd probably go Sergio. He seems to be making, making strides in between fights. Um, he's had a couple of setbacks, but uh, no, I'd, I'd probably lean towards Sergio on that one. Yeah, like uh, I think the worst defeat of uh, Moraga's career was in his last fight. Obviously, I think it was in uh, on International Fight Week. He lost to Matias Nicolau, and he lost to Just Benavides prior to that. But I think, I think generally he's a very good fighter. Now he's been over um, 
Justin Scoggins, which is which is yeah. a very good win. Sorry, actually, yeah, I, I, um, he fought Dodson and, and Demetrius Johnson as well a few years ago and lost yeah. there. But uh, his wins recently are over Scoggins, which at the time seemed like a very good win. But Scoggins hasn't really hasn't really uh, come on like people thought he would. And then Willie Gates is good, but but he's not he's not top level. And then obviously Joe Benavidez is, is top level when he lost a decision there, which is which is. I that was a close enough fight as well. You know, yeah. that was a good fight as well. Uh, yeah. I, I'd favor I'd favor Morag in this. I think I think he has more knockout power. I think his ground game is better. I think he could he could get Pettis, uh, Sergio Pettis down. I think Sergio's one of those guys as well who's maybe a good starter. And the longer the fight goes, uh, he he tends to struggle a little bit. Yeah, if it's going his way early, he does. He seems to grow in confidence and do very well. If Morag can put it on him early, it could it could be trouble for Pettis. Yeah, I think yeah, no, about... it's, it's a close fight. Like it's 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 good to have um, fights that are hard to pick. <sighs> well, we got double. How many points do I owe you now? Like you owe me two, two. Okay, we'll do you want to go doubles or quits in this. Um, we got nah, three. I'm not, three not too one. confident to be honest. Ah, fucking. I'll, I'll take a I'll pick a better one. I'll pick a better one because then I can get a full full night of drinking area in the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. I think Moraga is going to submit him in that one. There you go. That's that's my take on it. Uh, Frankie Signs comes back as well there against uh, Augusta Mendez, who is um, another good prospect coming in there. Uh, and then we have the, the, I suppose, the two big fights underneath, uh, Yaya Riggs and BJ Penn, Cormagy against uh, Ben Saunders and Joe Lozan against Marcin Held. First of all, Marcin Held obviously came in against Diego Sanchez and he... He lost that fight. It was a pretty, pretty drab fight. But I thought um, Diego looked better than he has in a while in that fight. Now he's coming in against Joe Lozon, who I know it's a bit of MMA match, but he beat Diego <laughs> Sanchez pretty well in their last meeting. Uh, maybe he's a little bit of octagon jitter as well. But Martin is is kind of one of these guys who get he, you know he's kind of submission artist. Gets a takedown. He's striking as good as well, but he gets a takedown and gets submission a lot. I think against Joe Lozon, that's not really a you know, a good way to go. Lausanne's obviously very good on the ground as well. But how uh, how do you see that one? Yeah, um, it's another. It's, it's a tough one, but uh, I'd have to go with Lausanne. But uh, he could end up getting into some kind of ground battle early with, with Martin Held and getting submitted with a leg lock or or maybe some kind of choke. Like Lausanne is, is a little inconsistent. Um, yeah. And, he, and he's very hittable as well, but Martin Held isn't really the man to take advantage of that. Well, it isn't really his game. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd lean, I'd lean towards Lausan, but I wouldn't be surprised if if, if Held pulled out some kind of early submission. Yeah, yeah. I'd I would be a little some... surprised actually, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon it could be one of those those fights that you really want to see it go to the ground. But probably won't. You know, it could be one of those. Um, and I think if that happens, Lozon will will more than likely uh, likely win. I'd be surprised if it didn't go to um, if it didn't go to decision. Now, as you say, if it did hit the ground, someone could get submitted there. You know, and Martin is very. You know, he's as I said, he's a submission artist, and he could he could get Lozon. But you know, fifty fifty kind of there in my opinion. And on on the on the field, I think Lozon looked very good in in his last couple and. Um, I, I'd favor him to uh to win out the decision in that one. Um, Court McGee against Ben Saunders. Then as is, you know another submission artist, Ben Saunders. I had a bit of trouble with the UFC. Remember he was kind of released and then they signed him back again yeah. without him fighting anywhere else. 
that's I suppose that's the old school kind of it's another close fight. Yeah, the tough grinding wrestler against the, the submission artist. That should be yeah. I'd probably go with Court McGee because of his his durability in in that. But Saunders is is, is very dangerous with his uh, template jiu jitsu, his his rubber guard and and all that stuff. But uh, I think uh, I think McGee will probably edge out of the decision there if I had to pick one of them. Yeah, uh, Ben Saunders actually fought J- Jacob Volkman in a fight. He had one fight outside the UFC before he got brought back. Oh, did he, yeah? yeah, so the old uh, the Obama hater, but uh, <laughs> I see Court McGee has never been submitted in his career. So that's you know in twenty three fights, and you know he's fought some, you know he's fought some some good guys. Maybe not anyone with a game like uh, like Ben Saunders, but you know I, I like to look at those things before fights. You know because if someone has never been knocked out, it's you know, it, it's going to be hard to knock them out unless, you know, it's a big step up in level. Uh, and the same goes for, for submissions. So, you know, obviously I think this probably is a step up in, in jiu-jitsu, um, you know, in the jiu-jitsu stakes. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I find that a hard one. Uh, like, for, like, if I'm just Court McGee against Bintan. Court McGee's a real grinder. He, he grinded yeah. Robert Whitaker at, at welterweight. Like, he... He's able to grind out fights. Like it may not be pretty, it may not be the best technical striking or or chain wrestling or anything like that. But he, he gets a job done. He he just uh, he'll just grind on you. So I think that may cause cause trouble for Saunders if, if he might he may throw up the rubber guard and stuff. But uh, yeah, as you say, Court McGee never been never been submitted. So I, I, I see it kind of slightly unlikely that Saunders will finish him. He may be able to hold him in position and get a stand up or nullify the position with that. But. Uh, the judges will probably score that for for Court McGee being on top and throwing the odd shot. So yeah, I'd, I'd go with a decision for Court McGee and that one. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd probably probably I think you've convinced me there. Yeah, the thing about Court McGee is as well that you know he's not just a guy who who'll take you down and hold you there. He's also like, he's a very good. I think he's a very good clinch game, and he's like he's his overhand is is kind of dangerous as well. Now he does obviously doesn't have that many knockouts. He's not the biggest knockout artist in the world, but he can cause you trouble there as well. I think Saunders. I think everything Saunders does is kind of to get the the fight to the ground, uh, and it you know if I think Court McGee will probably be the one who decides if it goes to the ground or not, and he'll he'll keep it there if he wants to keep it there. But yeah, it's a good fight. I like that. Uh, do you know who I'd love to see Court McGee fight? Rick Story. I think that'd be a good fight. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, uh, two grinders. Yeah, we'll yeah, but it wouldn't be. I actually no, it wouldn't be a good fight really. But it'd be an interesting <laughs> fight to watch. You know what I mean? Close fights are uh, close fights are good fight in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like that. But most um, of the time, anyway. Yeah. What about the Bauer constructor? Who's that? Constructor, sorry, the Bauer. Alexi Elignik, or how do you say it? That guy, yeah. Uh, I don't know, Olenik, I think. Into Victor Pesta. Two heavyweights, Polish lads, are there? Neck cranks, neck crank specialist. Mm. Got pro cop with it. Take that away, there you. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ezekiel chokes, neck cranks. Oh. He's known for kind of strange submissions. Big old man, old man strength. Yes, he's fifty and ten, and one draw. So a lot of experience as well. He's yeah, beat uh, beat your boy Jared Rush out there not too long. Ago. <laughs> My boy, yeah, Jeff Munson. He fought as well. Crow yeah. from making a making a successful uh, return and retiring afterwards. <laughs> retiring? Do you see what he said though? He he said, uh, "I'm retired unless I get one more big fight." <laughs> like, so you're not fucking retired. I'm really retired this time, unless I get a big yeah. fight. 
Actually, yeah. that's something we we forgot to mention last week is Risen. Uh, what did you think of that that Gabby Garcia fight over oh, there? What, oh, you're one <laughs> off the ropes. She looked terrified. It looked, an old woman fighting like the biggest women's mixed martial artist there is. It's just what is going on here? I and love then she starts it. bouncing off the ropes like she's like she's trying to have some fun or something. And Gabby Garcia just starts punching her in the face, and then that's it. <laughs> it was it was absolutely terrible. Like, to be honest, it was hard to watch. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, it was like I didn't watch any of that Risen, um, Risen show. Apart from that, I turned it on live just as it was starting. Um, oh, my God. It was so funny. It was hilarious. But uh, fair play to Risen. You know, they're giving us something we don't we don't see that often. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a disgrace, like, in fairness. But, yeah. What about... um? Your boy, your your wrestling coach King Mo got uh, got knocked out. By, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crowcop reeling back the years with that big left hand. Yeah, it was pretty good, and Crowcop knocked out Baruto as well with a knee kick. Uh, a yeah, knee yeah. kick is that a, is that a correct term? I, did I go full Mike Goldberg there? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a knee to the body anyway. Leg kick to the body. Yeah, uh, Cran Gracie, interesting as well. Beat uh, yeah, that was a good win. Kawajiri, which was a very good. I didn't even know they were fighting. Very, like I think he's almost UFC. Uh, UFC yeah, already. Well, now. Carriger ran Cubs, Cubs Swanson close there a few months back. So yeah, like, Cubs Swanson is, is top ten. What about uh, Cron Gracie? I know Styles make fights and all that, but yeah. I haven't Cron- seen much of Cron Gracie. Everybody's up been talking about him for years, but I'm not a big um, not big into watching uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments. But uh, yeah, all all the hype says that he that he he's the he's the the great hope of the jiu-jitsu scene. What about Congress against, uh, against Ryan Hall? Do you like that? Do you like a bit of that? Um, yeah. Well, well, actually, I prefer to see him just in there with somebody who can stuff a few takedowns more more than anything. To be honest, see how how good is, is he, how good he actually is. Dude, uh, I don't. Why would you? Oh, I don't know. It's like sticking fucking Henrik Mikitarian. I'm, like, you know? I'm not stick him in. I'm not saying stick him in against the top five or anything, but. Somebody who's a bit of a difficult style matchup for him, who's not top level. I suppose, yeah. Was there anything else in that on that Risen card that that happened? Um, I know Vanderlei didn't fight; he was supposed to, wasn't he? But he didn't. Um, that was King Mo last. Uh, but yeah, I think that was that was about it. But um, yeah, it should be fun. Obviously, with obviously Bellator and, and Risen are kind of partners at this stage now. The Bellator card is coming up next week. I suppose we'll talk about that. Chelsea on and against um, Tito Ortiz and Paul Daly against Brennan Ward. Uh, sure, that should be fun. And obviously, in a couple of weeks later, you have for um, Fedor Emelianenko against Matt Mitrion, and uh, a few more fights announced as well. I think Czech Congo is fighting. Um, He's fighting uh, Ollie Thompson, I believe. Yeah, so that now you know some good cards coming up for Bellator, and not a lot for the UFC, which is our next uh, our next topic of discussion. A lot of people, we've got five or six different questions to asking us um, to go through the divisions and look at them. And I was obviously it's the turn of the year, and no champion at the moment is is matched up. So. We've decided we're going to go through them division by division just quickly here over the next 10 minutes, maybe, and uh, and look at who we think is going to be next for the uh, for the challenger in each division. So let's, let's do it, Graham. Um, let, let's start at uh, the women's strawweight division, Ioanni and Jacek. Obviously, look, looking at the rankings there. She's she's beaten Claudia Gadelia, Carla, Karolina Kowalkovic, uh, Carla 
like, yeah, Esparza, and then you've Rosnami Yunus coming in there as well, who lost her last fight. Um, I think Jessica Andrade is is the likely one, or Michelle Watterson. Or Michelle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, which one would you see, uh, Gonto? Um, I'd say I might go to Michelle Watterson because she was in the big spot against uh, Paige Van Zandt and main event on Fox and all that. Was it main event on Fox? It was, yeah. Yeah, main event on Fox and um, people watching the, the the draw from Dancing with the Stars and all that stuff for Paige Van Zandt and she kind of hopefully in her for her took uh, some of that some of that hype. So I'd say the UC might play on that and she she released a, a documentary. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, but it's, yeah. I've seen good reviews. Um, so yeah, I think I think Michelle Waterson is placing herself uh, inside and outside of the cage and in, in the best position to uh, to take the title shot next. Um, I disagree. I think it'll be Jessica Andrade. I think she's been, you know, she's just been running through the division there since she's come back to, uh, or since she's dropped down to 115 pounds. I think, I think she'll, she'll get it. Uh, I think Watterson, the fact she hadn't fought in a couple of years and, you know, it was a good win. All right. But, uh, I think she probably needs, needs one more. Let's see. This is all how we're doing it. A lot of people asked us who we think will be champion at this time next year. So let's do that division by division as well. We're at it. Okay. Who will be women's strawberry champion? This time Joanna. I agree. I think Joanna as well. Right. Uh, the women's bantamweight division. Obviously, um, Amanda Nunes is the champion there after just beating Ronda Rousey. We have number one and two, Valerie, uh, Val- Valentina Chevchenko and Juliana Pena fighting next, next week or in two weeks' time. Is it pretty simple? Is the winner of that going to be fighting uh, Amanda Nunes next? Yeah, I think so, especially if it's Juliana Pena, because I think Amanda Nunes has already beaten Shushenko, but yeah, um, yeah, I'd say either way it probably will be. That's the most likely. Yeah, yeah, like you, you go through the rankings, like Raquel Pennington is, is on a good run at the moment, but I don't think she's getting the shot. Katzingano uh, lost her last two, I believe. Sarah McMahon is doing well. I think she probably needs one more, though, but yeah, I think I think it's pretty simple that what that will be. Uh, that'll be it. Good fights. Uh, either of those, I think. I know Shevchenko fight already happened, but I think Shevchenko has uh, bedded into the UFC well since that. And, you know, be, I'd like to watch that again. Um, who'll be champion this time one, next year? Tough one. Who'll be the champion? Yeah. Um. It, it, it's odd because I favor Shevchenko to beat Pena, but I think Pena has a better chance of beating Nunes. Because of her wrestling. Yeah, if Nunez, take her down and drag her, drag her into the later rounds. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. I'll stick with Amanda Nunez because, as you say, uh, Shevchenko doesn't really match up well with Nunez, but probably will beat Pena. And then Amanda Nunez will probably fight the winner of that. And then one more. And the one more could be maybe... Sarah McMahon. Yeah, Sarah McMahon. Or maybe even Pennington, depending on what happens. Yeah, could be. So I'd say she'd probably win that as well. So I'd say Amanda Nunes, but I wouldn't be wouldn't be that confident. Yeah, I, I'd probably say Amanda Nunes as well. Like if you look at Amanda Nunes's game, like I know I said there maybe wrestling is her weak point, but her wrestling is still very good. Her takedown defense is good. Uh, her striking is obviously unbelievable. Her jiu-jitsu is good. Maybe there's a question over her cardio, but I, I heard her on a mm. UFC Undisputed podcast. There, I was listening to a bit of it this morning, and she said she sorted out those issues. So. You know, she's going to be very hard to beat if if that is true. Uh, and I think, you know, she's, I think I've said it for a while before she was champion, even before she fought. Um, 
who was it? Misha Tate. She's the most talented uh, woman in that division. Yeah. So I think uh, she was always raw talent, and now she seems to be putting it together. And yeah, yeah, it seems um, she'll probably go from she'll probably get better from fight to fight again. Yeah, the the women's uh, featherweight division. Then I suppose there's only two people <laughs> in there at the moment. Uh, Holly Holm, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. the champion at the end. I don't know. Will the division even be there at the end? Nobody, nobody, the champion. Nobody, at the end, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I'm not sure if that fight will even happen. You know, it's it's tough. It'll probably it's, happen yeah. at 35, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to know what they're going to do. They do seem to to want a belt on every and every card now, so maybe they will mm-hmm. just stick with it. Yeah, it's not much of a headliner as it is, but if there's no belt, it's it's going to be none. So I think they probably will keep it. Uh, Cyborg, will she be back? How long is it? <sighs> she could be on the New Year's Eve card next year. Could take that belt. That's what I'm going for. That's oh, what I'm yeah. going for. I'm going for, um, going for Cyborg. Right. Yeah. Uh, Flyweight. Uh, Demetrius Johnson. I suppose this is this is probably the toughest one. Um, we've just have been there, nice. who he's beaten twice. Henry Cejudo, he's beaten. Uh, Haraguchi, he's beaten. Framiguez there. Wilson Hasey and McCall. Three guys who he hasn't beaten. I suppose Ian McCall is fighting. Uh, Neil Siri coming up in is it Brooklyn or one of those cards yeah. anyway. Brooklyn, yeah. Um. And then Wilson Hayes obviously had the matchup before and, and got it taken away from him for the... Uh, uh, Demetrius Johnson got injured, didn't he? And then tough happened. Um, difficult one. I'd probably, I'd probably give it to Wilson Hayes. And, uh, you know, he's a good mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu game. I know I don't see anyone beating Demetrius Johnson, but I, I'd nearly give yeah, it to him. Yeah, I don't see much route, many ways for victory for, for Wilson Hayes. Um <laughs> They, they probably they they could do Haraguchi next, but they probably want to keep him a little bit longer just to keep him keep him growing. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went for that. But um, as you say, Wilson Hayes is a fresh matchup, so he's probably even though he's only number five on the rankings, he's uh, he's the only person in the top five that uh, or in the top six or seven that uh, Demetrius Johnson hasn't already beaten. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Wilson Hayes, yeah, a bit of fresh fresh blood and fresh matchup. Yeah, Demetrius Johnson will be the will be the champion at the end of the year, more than likely. Yeah, he drew with Ian McCall and then he beat him, didn't he? But the first draw was he shouldn't have. The first draw, yeah. The Australian Commission read it out wrong. It should have went to a sudden victory round, a fourth round because it was for the inaugural belt. But then the they read it out wrong, and Ian McCall was actually in the ascendancy. He 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 had close to like a ten eight round or a a ten eight round. In some judges' eyes, uh, in the third, so that was a bit of a debacle. Indeed, yeah. Um, I suppose Demetrius champion this time next year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's move on to the bantamweight division. Cody Garbrandt. Obviously, there's lots of options for him. There's Dominic Cruz rematch and the TJ Dillashaw fight. I suppose they're the two big ones. Um, we spoke about it a bit last week. I think it'll be the, the TJ Dillashaw fight. I know Garbrandt has come out this week and said TJ's on the draw. There's no point taking that fight and things. But I don't think no, he's, he's in really, that division though. Yeah, I don't think he's really in a position to to dictate that stuff. We saw when Tyron Woodley tried to do that. It didn't end up very well for him. Uh, twice, in fact, now at this stage. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be TJ Dillashaw. And I know you said there's no draws in that but I say it's just a brilliant division. Like I can't. Say well, compared to TJ, if you're if you're saying TJ Dillashaw is not a draw, then I think if in Cody Garbrandt's logic, then there's no draws because that's the that's the big fight. That's the that's the well known the, the known quantity and the the bad blood, the former yeah. teammate. That like I don't know what Co- what more Cody wants. If, if there's no bigger name than that, 
you know what they, you know what they should do with that fight they should put it as a headliner on a fox card that's exactly what they should do because as we, like we were talking about last week cody is there's there's something there's a starlight in cody garbrandt you know and i think i know i'd love to see him put on fox and you know something could happen um i think i you know i think to be champion this time next year tj Dillashaw. I was going to say that as well. You mm. fucking stole it from me. I was going to say Tom Duke and Wofford a crack, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think, I think but... PJ like, matches up nicely against Cody. Like, uh, it's going to be close, but but uh, uh, Cody probably make good strides between now and then as well. So it's, it's a tough one. It's I was kind of going to go out there and say that, but now that you've said it, maybe maybe uh doesn't seem that out there. <laughs> yeah, I think he's wrestling as well. Obviously, Cody, Cody showed good wrestling against Dominic Cruz, but I think... TJ's a little level above that, and you know, if the TJ shows up, that showed up against John Lineker, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to beat him. You know, he was absolutely uh, fantastic in that fight. But we yeah, I think Dom, Dom Cruz was taken a little bit by surprise at how, yeah. at how good Cody was. I think TJ knows, yeah, that is, that is true. Um, yeah, the bad blood is on it. This should be fun. Uh, Featherweight, obviously, there's, there's about eight champions there at the moment with uh. Obviously, Conor McGregor had the belt. Now, Josie Aldo is the champion, and and Max Holloway is is there. Here's the question: Is there any chance Conor McGregor comes back to featherweight this year? Uh, is there any chance? There's a chance, but it's very slim. Yeah, what very if he come slim. back? If he, if he lost <laughs> if there's no money he... fight there. If there was a big money fight there, maybe. But unless that develops within the next year, I don't think so. Do you do Aldo against Holloway next? Um, they should do Aldo and Khabib, but mm-hmm. they don't want that. Um, Khabib doesn't want that. Well, a, lot people, a lot of people were sent to me during the week that, like, and I couldn't believe how many people actually said it that Khabib was avoiding Aldo, that he knows he's a bad matchup for him. Well, it's it's a terrible. It's the worst saw matchup in in the two divisions for Khabib in yeah, featherweight yeah. And, and lightweight by far. Yeah, I I just think I don't think he's avoiding him. I just think it's bad. I, it, like if you fail to take Lace and T bear down twenty out of twenty times, I know it was a few years ago now, but but Aldo is is unbelievable at just shaking off takedowns and just doing the basics and and Khabib on the feet is is a. Is very rudimentary at the moment. Like he, he hasn't come on that much. Um, he's very hittable. I just, I just, uh, I think, I think his dad and maybe even he knows or his coaches know that it's a bad style matchup and it's an unnecessary risk when they can just take the the Tony Ferguson fight. Not that that's an easy fight either, though, because Tony can strike as well. But I think that's a lot nicer of a matchup for Khabib. Yeah, personally, I don't think that. I don't think they're advising him that way. I, I just think it's. I think it's bad management, really. I think it's people that are thinking, oh, you know, Aldo's a featherweight. And what he said, I actually think they believe that, like himself. And obviously, his manager, Ali Abdelaziz, is just, you know, obviously has a word in his ear. You know, he's running his, his Twitter account. We can see that. And, you know, like that's the biggest fight for him with Conor McGregor gone for, for his break. That's the biggest money fight. You know, if he's. You know, if you're fighting for the interim title, if you're getting pay-per-view points, maybe Aldo's the biggest one. You know, the, the Tony Ferguson's a great fight, and you know, as a size matchup, I actually the Aldo fight's actually better. I think Aldo, you know, that's the best fight. And you've seen I've said it for for a long time, but 
I don't know. I, I just I don't understand the thinking behind it at all, turning down the Aldo fight to take the Tony Ferguson fight. Like Tony Ferguson fight's a great fight as well, but that Aldo fight's just perfect. You know, you've everything. You can put yourself you know, for Aldo if he wins, he can put himself as a, obviously champion of Featherweight and the, the you know, the interim champion at lightweight and you know He's gone after McGregor, obviously, and he puts himself in a prime position in two divisions to fight him. And for Habib, you go in, you're already number one contender lightweight, and then you beat the featherweight champion as well. You know, you're you're putting yourself in a position as well that's very, very hard to be avoided, you know. And it just seemed like, I know you said it, I've said it, you know, it's, I was a perfect matchmaking. And, you know, this Tony Ferguson fight is, is great, and I love that fight. But what's it going to get for Habib? He beats Tony Ferguson. What does he get? He gets to be the number one contender lightweight. He's in the exact same position he's in now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I think I agree. I think the Allah fight was the fight to make, but mm -hmm. it doesn't very, look, very unlikely at this stage. Yeah. Come on, Tony Ferguson. Hold off for more money. <laughs> the champion at the end, the champion at the end of featherweight, who do you think at the end of the year in featherweight? Hmm. <sighs> Well, I don't know what's gonna happen with Aldo. I think Aldo and Holloway will probably end up fighting. I think Aldo will probably win that. Um, I think Aldo will probably be champion. I think Mirza Bektic is coming there and he will be champion, but maybe not this time next year. You know, Aldo doesn't really fight that often. Like, Aldo might only fight Holloway and not have another fight all year. So, yeah, he might fight Holloway, win that, and then move up and then vacate the belt as well if he, if he could get the corner fight it's a hard one it's a hard one to know what's going to be at the end of the year but i think the safest bet is, is aldo yeah and i suppose we we talked a lot about uh lightweight as well obviously mcgregor's champion there now who do you think will be champion next year this time mcgregor um i think it'd be habib i think he beat mcgregor but um i don't think so i think he has five rounds starting on the feet yeah i don't think so could submit him yeah, he could, but um, I don't think he's a, quite the Tatian artist that people think he is. I do. I think he's the best ever in the UFC. I think, I think he got out-wrestled by Glace and Tebow not, not too long ago. Sure. Conor McGregor got choked. I know, I know. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just, people seem to think like he's some kind of unstoppable. I'm not saying Khabib. Khabib's probably the best wrestler in the division. Probably the best wrestler, one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. But people are acting like... The second he gets hold of somebody, they're on the ground, and that just it just it hasn't been the case in his previous fights. It hasn't most of them. I don't think so. I think he's he, he's uh, had to eat a few shots to get to get takedowns, and I, I think that's very dangerous. So, uh, yeah, against Conor McGregor, it is. Yeah, and I mean a bit glib about it there, but I I like I think that's a yeah. I'm, I'm kind of going over the top one way, and you're kind of going over the top the other yeah. way, just to kind of strenuate our points. Or <laughs> yeah, I think I I, I like. Before I would have been very strong, I probably would have been like 70 30 for Habib, but now I'm like 51 49 for Habib over McGregor. You know, I think it's like McGregor's proven now beyond any doubt what a fantastic fighter he is like and against all style matchups. You know, like people, I think that, that fight against Chad Mendes, people don't realize how good of a win that was. You know, I know he got taken down a good couple of times as well and he came in injured and everything. Very but injured. Yeah. That win, that win was a game changer for me. And, uh, you know, I, I'd give him a huge chance against Habib, but I I do think Habib is something special as well. Yeah, I that's a, I think that's just a fucking fantastic fight. You know? Yeah, it's it's the fight. It's the fight they need to make. It's probably be the the summer big summer fight or the the end of the year fight. Or yeah, I'd say it's definitely it's we won't we won't be waiting too much longer for it anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, well, the way Tyron Woodley's champion at the moment looks like he's going to fight uh, in a rematch with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson mm, after yeah. the draw, UFC 209. He seems to be trying to fight anybody but Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, to be honest. He does, yeah. And he can... I don't know. He, did and Maya, he, yeah, well. he didn't even list Maya, and he did some poll on Twitter when Maya wasn't even in it. Apparently, really. I was I was talking to, to Patrick about this uh, yesterday, and yeah, people know I'm a big Steve Wonderboy Thompson fan. He's on Team Sheen and all that. I think for Wonderboy, it might be better off to say, um, "Look, Tyron, you go and you fight Demi and Maya, and I'll fight, you know, Don Cerrone or someone else, and then I'll fight the winner of your fight." Because I think Steve Wonderboy Thompson can be Tyron Woodley, and I think he will be Tyron Woodley the next time they fight. But Damian Maya is a very, very hard matchup, and if he's the next one coming up, that doesn't make uh, that doesn't make good viewing for for Wonderboy Thompson. So I'd be like, yeah, Tyron, you take care of uh, Maya there, because I think Tyron matches up better with Maya than Thompson does. You take care of him, and then I'll fight the winner. You know, if if it's Maya, it's Maya, but. Uh, I, th- I think that might be. Do you want to get on pay per view points as quickly as possible as a champion and just mm. make the money? Yeah, it looks like that's going to happen. But I was just thinking that way, you know, maybe. But um, how do you see that rematch going, Jinx? Um, yeah, I think I, I picked Wonderboy the first time and uh, himself against the cage that Wonderboy wasn't able to take advantage. But I, I, I think um, I think Wonderboy will win the rematch. Yeah. I, I think that was Wonderboy's worst performance in the UFC, even Matt Brown included. Uh, I, th- I thought he just kind of, the bright lights got them and stuff. And now you've spoken about that before, about, you know, seeing him backstage and stuff and seeing he's very nervous and things. I think that maybe got him a little. And I think maybe this time it, it might be, um, he might be a little bit better. The fact as well in that fight was, Turnwood, he had a brilliant, brilliant game plan. And, you know, probably could have ended up finishing Wonderboy in that fight. Um, the draw was I, I scored the draw. I think I think draw was probably a fair result, but um, I think that plan is was a very good one, and I don't think there's a better one to beat Wonderboy. And if he comes out with the same plan again, I think Wonderboy will have worked ways around to be you know worked ways to beat it, uh, and uh, will will be a lot better. And I think if he fights it in a different manner, I think it'll just play into Wonderboy's hands. So, yeah, I think I think Wonderboy will win that champion at this stage next year. Um. I'm gonna go Damian Maya. <laughs> yeah, it could well be Maya, but um, I'll, I'll go uh, Thompson. I always liked you. Um, middleweight, Michael Bisping. Uh, obviously, looks like he's gonna fight Yoel Romero next. Obviously, it hasn't been uh, made or anything. I said obviously about eight times there. Uh, Luke Rockhold is is still injured. He he said there during the week that he's. ACL injuries still come back for yeah. Jackeray is fighting uh Tim Boch, which is just yeah, what's that about? What, yeah, what is going on there? But he, he might as well just fight Chris Camozzi again. Like, come on, yeah. that trilogy that, that needs to be finished, you know. There's, <laughs> there's, outstand, there's outstanding bad blood there in that trilogy, it needs to happen. But, um, who, who do you think will be champion this time next year? Uh, Luke Rockhold, I'd say. Mm. Luke Rockhold, will his chin hold up against Yoel Romero? Like, he's been knocked out a couple of times. We know he can be knocked out if he ends up fighting Yoel. And yeah. Yoel has five rounds still on the shot. Yeah, I I, I don't think it's a, an easy fight for Rockhold, but I'd, I'd pick him in the fight, especially because Yoel Romero is about 40 years old he, he, as well. No, fuck it. And, and he, no, fuck it, Jesus. 
he could be hit as well. Like uh, he he yeah. gets hit a lot as well. Um, yeah, I, I'd go. I'd say Rockhold will be champion by the end of the year again. I think Yoel take care of Bisping pretty easily, and I think uh, I think he'll beat Jacare in in a rematch after he already beat him once. Mm. Um, I think the fact that that's already happened will will make the UC go for the Rockhold matchup quicker. Possibly, possibly. But either way, I think I think Romero will be champion. Uh, light heavyweight Daniel Cormier is champion at the moment, but out injured again for another few months anyway. Anthony Johnson <laughs> for him. Uh, John Jones will be back in July. Gustafson is he came back. He had a couple of he had one fight anyway. He looked bad. Um, over to share Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader is a free agent, I think, at the moment, isn't he? So um, yeah, Anthony Johnson DC is probably going to be the fight, I suppose. Or do you think he'll wait for John Jones? Um, yeah, I think he'll fight somebody else. Probably Johnson. I think he'll make Jones wait. Um, yeah, I don't know Johnson. Like Cormier, Cormier is not getting any younger, and more more injuries upon more injuries. And the first fight, he nearly he nearly got knocked out in the first round. He was very lucky, or a very mixture of luck and determination, and to to survive that. But. Um, yeah, Johnson's so dangerous early, but if you can drag him deep, which is which is kind of Daniel Cormier's game, it's a tough one to pick. That, that fight, um, I think, I'd probably have to go to Cormier, but uh, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if if Johnson won that. I think Gage just sleeps him this time. He could easily like I'm getting. A, I kind of get the, a weird feeling that he will, but uh, I think the safer if I had a fifty fifty bet, free bet on the same odds, I'd probably. I think the safe money is probably Daniel Cormier, but I pick Johnson. It's not safe. It's it's very close. Yeah, but I think John Jones beat the out of him. Yeah, when he comes back and is champion by the end of the year, as long as he doesn't get a thrown in jail or something, <laughs> uh, that could happen. I think that uh, I'd love to see that John Jones and Johnson fight. I want to like Daniel Cormier just getting in the way of that for me. Like you know, <laughs> just, I really I really want to see that. There's lots of fights like that, you know, the, the Habib Allah fight as well. Just I don't care about these belts. Just I want the good fights. You know, that's it. But um, yeah, I I think Anthony Johnson's take on the fence has improved an awful lot, and I think it's improved enough to stop Cormier taking him down a couple of times in the first opening opening two rounds. I think Cormier will probably still get takedowns against him, but uh, I think it's good enough now to give him enough opportunities to win and it wasn't last time you know he nearly had enough opportunities last time but I think this time uh, I think this time he will and he'll knock him out as you you know you talked about Yoel Romero getting older he doesn't maybe look at that much but Carmia, a lot of injuries you know a lot of wear and tear in that body a lot of travel as well doing UFC tonight and stuff that, that all takes its toll and uh, I think AJ would be favourite for that uh, yeah, he's not exactly in the, great, in the best shape starting off either mm-hmm, that's true Heavyweight, uh, Stephen Miocic is the champion at the moment. Uh, obviously, Fabrizio Verdum is due to fight Ken Velasquez, but Ken had to pull out through injury. Ken's probably gone yeah, now for a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ken's he's, another one, loads of injuries. Yeah. Junior Dos Santos is knocking around there as well. Junior says yeah. a win over Stipe. So yeah, it's a tough one. Um, are you going to pick your boy Big Fran to be champion? What about someone asked me about it? Like you could imagine. Uh, Francie knocking out Arlovsky, getting ranked, getting one more fight, and maybe getting a, a shot at Stipe at the end of the year. I could see that happening. Yeah. Uh, but Stipe Velasquez is, is unreliable to 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 pick, to pick him to be champion, even though because he's so injury prone. Just yeah, 
for Doom is yeah for Doom was very was kind of half his own fault to, uh, when he lost against Stipe he, he rushed in with his hands down like I dare he'd be doing that again I think Stipe beats him it's, it's tough to, heavy heavyweight is a tough one you know because yeah. one punch can change everything in especially in heavyweight I think they'll probably do the, do the Junior Dos Santos rematch next uh, mm. and I think I think Stipe will win that I think Stipe has improved since their first meeting uh, and then maybe you could see Verdum getting a fight and he might rematch Verdum as well near the end of the year and I think he'll, he'll win that as well so I think Steve Bell still be champion this time next year I don't know heavyweight doesn't really it's impossible yeah, really happen like that but yeah um, yeah it's a tough one Steve Bell's probably the safe choice but for some reason I just, I just heavyweight reigns don't last that long <laughs> they don't they don't um yeah right that's it uh i suppose we, we'll uh we'll get into a couple of the questions that was that was that was fun i think it needed to be done you know it, it's it's in a weird set of flux isn't it what what do you think about like the ufc having no champions booked and it's so weird yeah. like yeah it's, it's, it, 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 doing that um who's going to be champion in the year it, it's usually you'd have a better idea but with the new ownership it's hard to know what what way they're going to go like yeah what fights they're going to book? You kind of, we kind of, we kind of had a good idea of just to experience what way Lorenzo and Dana and Joe Silver were going to book the fights. And sometimes it was an outlier, but it, it would take people by surprise. Now, now it seems like every every second fight announcement is taking people by surprise. Yeah, that is true. Right, let's get into questions. Before we do that, uh, just a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. Head on over there, rosnutrition.com. Get all your good stuff, all the you know your protein, your supplements that you need for the new year. Use the promo code Severe Meg at twenty five percent off your first order. You know, get them gains on. You know, summer's coming up now in about four or five months. Hit the hit the gym. Get some ROS nutrition. Twenty five percent off. Promo code Severe Meg. Help us. Help you. Right, Graham. Couple of couple of questions here. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people congratulating us on the the hundred episodes and stuff. Th- thanks for that. Um, uh, question from Mister Podge, as always, best friend of the podcast. Um, about Marlon Marish, he's a free agent. He says he's a free agent now, but I think he signed a new contract. But there, I think there's like a clause in there or something. I'm not hundred percent sure. But let let's say he is a free agent. There's been a bit of dispute over that. I don't think. Yeah, I think I saw somebody yeah. saying he signed a contract. Posted a link to an article saying that he signed a new deal before his last one. Or I, I didn't mm-hmm. actually click into it though. So let's say he is. How how do you think he matches up in the UFC? How far how far up the rankings would you put him? Um, it's really hard to know. Um, like he has a good win over Josh Hill. Two well, he has one decision win over Josh Hill, and then he kind of. It was kind of a close fight that meant, even though it went to unanimous decision to Josh Hill, people thought Josh Hill fought uh, Paddy Hulan actually and tough and beat Paddy Hulan. Uh, he's a he's a Canadian wrestler. Um, he's not very exciting, but uh, he, he's he's effective. And he gave uh, he gave Marlon Moraes a hard time, but over five rounds there uh, about a year ago or maybe more, uh, and they had a rematch there, um, and uh, Marlon Moraes knocked him out with a head kick. So, uh, but his level of competition, besides that, outside of outside of the UFC, it's it, it's it's tough. It's tough to tell where you'd rank him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think he'd definitely be towards the top five. I def- think he'd definitely be top ten. 
But as you say, it's it's very hard. I don't think. Yeah, like with Will Brooks and stuff. When he came in, I expected him to be a bit more. I probably would have put him higher. So I'm kind of wary now. Mm-hmm. You know, Marish style is very uh, pleasing as well. You know, and maybe when you get to the UFC, that wouldn't help him that much. You know, you could see yeah. Cody Garbrandt taking the head off him, like you know. Or should be like Aljamain Sterling, like just taking him down, holding him down. Like he's ranked seven, Aljamain. Somebody like Jod Donson dancing, dancing around. He's ranked. He's ranked nine at bantamweight. Yeah, I'd like to see him in there. That's him. It's tough to. Yeah, no, it's it's a good. He'd, he'd definitely be top fifteen, but um, probably eight, nine, ten, somewhere like that, maybe. Yeah, uh, Mister Bodge again asks, "What do you think about Todd Grisham? Where do you think he'll fit in with the other UFC commentators?" I actually don't. I don't think I know Todd Grisham. Uh, he's some WWE guy, is he? Uh, he did no. He well, he was yeah, but he did World Series of Fighting. He did, was their commentator. Oh, that pass. guy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do know him. I do know him. I just I was thought him referred to as the WWE guy, and I just didn't put two and two together. Yeah, um, he's doing the the, the like the desk, is he? He's doing the desk, but there's apparently he's gonna um he's gonna be given roles as well, doing play by play, uh, just like as a tester. I think over the next month. Okay. Or something, so. I don't like oh, well, it. Well, like, yeah, see, it works, see, it works out. I suppose uh, he hasn't done it before. It's, it's unlikely that he'll he'll take to it like a duck to water, but give him a chance. I suppose he's done it for glory, and he's obviously done it for he's plenty of uh, plenty of uh, experience. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Um, they don't really have a desk though on, on them shows, do they? Like World Series of Fighting and yeah. stuff. They don't cut back to the studio. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably his first time doing that. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how he gets on. Uh, Tom McCarthy asks 84. Tom Tom asks, which women's 145 title will be more legit? The UFCs are Invictas. And I suppose you could add in Bellator to that as well. They've decided to add one. If the UFC actually make a division and sign some people, then the UFC one will be the one that's considered the real world title. So, yeah, the UFC one. I'd say Invictas at the moment is, but... I, I at the moment? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the UFC don't have a division at the moment. Yeah, that's true. Uh, at Will Martin MMA, friend of the podcast. Congratulations on the 100th episode. Thanks, Will. Um, his question is, what will the UFC London main event be? <sighs> um, have you heard any kind of rumblings or anything? I haven't. No, I haven't heard. Of... Is Jimmy Mano fighting someone? Brad Pickett is on about fighting. Obviously, he says he's yeah. he's a retirement fight. It's unlikely. I don't think it's going to be Michael Bisping. He's probably be going to be on pay per view. Um, yeah, it's uh, Jim, Jimmy Manoa versus uh, Corey Anderson was out oh, yeah. the, the card. I doubt that'll be main event. Maybe Gustafson. Gustafson get a fight in there. I know. Well, Anthony Johnson was looking for a fight. Was he? He was th- thinking about taking one. With Carmio, but I don't think they'll give it's Gustafson. It's a bit of a big fight for London, not on pay per view, isn't it? Yeah. You could see Gustafson against someone like. Did he, has he fought Glover or Bader or someone like that? You could see him against one of them, yeah. possibly. But uh, Gunnar Nelson is there as well. You could see, I don't know, Gunnar be the main event. But um, Yeah. You know. Yeah, they could put that Gunnar uh, Kim fight together again, maybe. Maybe, or like Robert Whitaker is, is looking for, uh, or he's middleweight. He's middleweight, anyway. Yeah, there's a lot. There's lots of fights there for for Gunnar Nelson. You know, there's uh, for Rick Story already. If they re-signed Lorenz Larkin or Carlos Conda, maybe coming back or something like that. I think Carlos Conda against Gunnar Nelson would be a good main event, wouldn't it? Cerrone, Cerrone and Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, Cerrone's fighting. 
it was a big boy. He'll fight every two weeks, though. You know, you know that's, that's true. Yeah, that is true. He even said he signed a contract. So, uh, he knows that he can't sign a too big of a deal for for show pay because then they won't be considered plugging him into last minute fights, and they're the ones that he likes the most. <laughs> um, Paul Garcia at H Paul G asks, "What do you think was the performance of the year?" Uh, obviously, our our event, our um, what do you call him? Awards came out this week. Performance, yeah. performance. He he suggests Cody Garbrandt against Dominic Cruz and Wonderboy against Hendrix. Um, McGregor and Alvarez has to be really, doesn't it? Yeah, it was that was very good, alright. Yeah, just for the, the history and the and the, the complete domination. I thought. I I think Cody against Dominic was the outstanding one, really. Uh, like I I fancied McGregor to beat Alvarez pretty well. Yeah, so did, so did I. Yeah, but but a lot of people didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's more the upset of the year. Yeah, performance of the year. Me, Do you know it's a good performance McGregor's as well? McGregor's nearly flawless. Nearly flawless. Like uh, Cody, Cody, what Cody's wasn't flawless. But it depends. I mean, it's all about opinion, yeah. I think Artem Lavov against Taruta Ishihara has to be up there as well. Yeah, that was that was a brilliant performance. performance. You know, it's obviously not in the level of of Cody Garbrandt and that, but I thought that was that was fantastic. You know, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people gave Artem a lot of stick before that, but I think after that he gained a lot of respect uh, for that performance. And next question is actually about Artem as well. It's from Paul uh, Mann at Paul T Mann. How do you think Artem matches up against Swanson or the Green Superboy? Obviously, um. PT interviewed Artem during the week. The article's up on Severe May, and Artem kind of hinted that he wanted to fight either Green Superboy or, or Cobb next. Um, for me, <sighs> there are two, two good fights. It's, you know, two good, probably barn burners, knockout, you know, edge to seat type of fights. I, I wouldn't pick Artem in either of them, to be honest, but I think both of them, both of them are good fights. Who does he match up better against? I think he'd probably match up better against Cobb, maybe. I think the Korean Superboy, you know, he can take a lot of damage and, he, you know, he can take a licking and come back. What's what's it, what's the saying? Take a licking and come back ticking. That's it. Um, and I think, <laughs> you know, I think Artem have a better chance maybe against Cobb. Yeah, I think he, he matches up better against Cobb. Um, yeah. Cobb beat be, be Doi or Doi Choi by uh, taking him down and kind of wearing him down that way a lot as well, even though he, he did nearly finish him. On the feet, but um, yeah, like the, I don't think people are like replying, being oh, Artem would get killed. I don't, I don't think that. I think it would be, I think Artem would land, would land as well, and it would, it would be a back and forth. But um, as you say, you'd ha- you probably have to pick, um, you have to lean both of them against Artem. But Artem, like he, he's making strides. Like it's not going to be the same Artem. Like the Artem that fought, that fought. Uh, uh, Ishihara would would destroy any previous iteration of Artem, so I'm sure it'll be the same again in the next fight. Um, I agree. Uh, let's run through a couple of these quick. Will BJ look worse than Ronda? From Alan at AJK underscore Murphy, friend of the podcast as well. I don't think so. I don't. I think it's hard to look worse than Ronda. Yeah, it's on the on the biggest stage as well. So yeah, probably, yeah, probably have to agree. Yeah, and Nate at Nate Gildea. Um, who's the best first round fighter in the UFC? You probably would have said Ronda Rousey not too long ago. You know, <laughs> I think it's between between Amanda Nunes and Conor McGregor. Probably yeah, Tyron Ty- uh, Woodley Con- would have to be up there as well. Conor Woodley, um, Anthony Johnson. 
Yeah, Anthony Johnson. Yeah, yeah, he's a good, he's a good call. Um, a Vitor Belfort. Probably, yeah, Vitor. Well, Vitor, I don't know anymore, but yeah, he's historically been, he's been a ridiculously good first round fighter. Yeah. Um. Maya. Yeah, Maya. Yeah. Um. Junior everyone. used to be probably <laughs> yeah. anymore. Everyone at everywhere, basically. Yeah. Yeah, everyone at everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Another question from Nate. Um, which is your favorite episode of the hundred been? Me. Um, I've no idea. I, I have two stand out for me, and uh, maybe not my favorite, but I think the one where we after Jack Carvalho's death, where we spoke, and that was a hard thing to do because you know we had the episode like the Monday after, and we like postponed it for a couple of days, and then myself and Andrew and Pizza came on and spoke, and it was that wasn't easy to do like it was you know something that kind of had to be done and i think we did it actually pretty well and and you know the things that have happened since that have kind of correlated with what we said a little bit and i think that you know i think that was an important one more than anything um i enjoyed as well the one after ronda lost to holly i think there was some good analysis on that afterwards and stuff and around that fight but um yeah obviously i suppose our most listened ones were like around mcgregor fights and stuff this year um and yeah the one obviously the, the best one is the, the first one you came on graham of course <laughs> <laughs> uh okay next we'll we go through one or two more um at jeff jeff shannon at mux biffy uh friend of the podcast a lot of good questions last couple of weeks who's do you think is going to be the breakout star in the ufc in 2017 uh, breakout star uh, in in the mind of hardcores or in the mind of or casuals or uh, mainstream or yeah, I'm gonna go hardcores. Hardcores. Tom Dukanois. Yeah, is he gonna go sign with the UFC though? That's the thing about it. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, with the hardcores though, he doesn't even need to. That's that's a good point. That is, but in the UFC, you know, the question was in the UFC. Oh, in the UFC. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say he will sign for the UFC. To be honest, if I had to wager. I'd agree. Uh, I'm trying to look through the divisions here. <laughs> Mirsad Bektic, there you go. He's, or, uh, I suppose he's already kind of. He well, I suppose the hype has died completely now with all his injuries, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot of people don't even know who he is still. Like, um, Brian Lynch at Lynch Brin MT asks, was Ronda Rousey protected one trick pony? That no. McGregor was accused of being by the critics. No. She wasn't protected. But was she a little bit of a one-trick pony? Um, well, like her judo, is that one trick? Taking somebody down and then armbarring them is kind of two tricks, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose it is, yeah. If you're being very literal about it, I suppose it is. Um, yeah. Uh, I would She's say, definitely okay, one-dimensional, one, uh, one like dimension, ground yeah. game to... Uh, to striking is is, is is there's a massive gulf there, but one trick pony is a bit harsh, mate. I think yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think Wanda Mitchell is right. Um, limited, I, I would say, more than anything else. But what you know, her what she had was excellent at the time, you know, and she can still win fights with it. Uh, okay, two more on that team as well from uh, Jennifer Millsap at Nerdy Jinjin, good friend of the podcast as well. Let's friend Ronda does fight again. Who would you give her? Uh, next, and she's just maybe a Katzen Gano rematch. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, that's a tough one. 
How about this? How about she's this? come back. How about a Misha Terry match? I know Misha's retired and stuff. Yeah. Misha got her nose fixed as well. Did you see that during the week? She got yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe she won't be back. Maybe she, maybe she is really retiring if she's in that. Yeah, I was Betchko yeah as well. Maybe another one there could be a good one. A rematch, <laughs> the long-awaited rematch. If I was Betch, I'd start calling her out. You know, get the get a bit of money. Sarah McMahon maybe because she's not gonna knock her out or anything. Yeah, yeah, and Sarah probably could, take her down. It's, un- it's unlikely, but you take her down and run in my fancier chances there and. Do you see much fancier yeah. chances there at the rebound? Yeah, I like that fight. And last one for this week, uh, at Ian Tartan MMA, what, do you, what are your thoughts on a potential Rafael Dos Anjos versus Gunnar Nelson fight um, after oh, RDM moved well, to the right away? I like that fight a lot. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see it, yeah. Um, this is actually, a, it'd be very interesting to see RDA up at a, up at welterweight. He's a bit small, but, but it's a stacked division as well. Yes. But um, yeah, Cerrone's done very well up there as well, and he and he beat Cerrone. So um, yeah, there's a lot of good matchups there, like uh, Carlos Condit. I, I I like a lot of matchups for him. Um, what was the question again? Sorry, RDA against Gunnar Nelson. That could be a main event in London. Yeah, maybe that maybe that would go. Would happen? It kind of makes sense. Like they have the whole SPG mm-hmm. kind of angle as well. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Call up uh, Mick Maynard there, Sean Shelby. It'll be very interesting to see what they do do with RDA at welterweight, what the first move is. It'll probably tell us a lot about what kind of what way they're going to go in them there. Yeah, poor old Donald Cerrone must be thinking, what, the, what did I do to deserve this? Coming after him again. But yeah, um, there's there's some there's a lot of good fights from there. Matt Brown, Jake Ellenberger, I like those fights, you know, if you're coming in top 15 around there. So, but uh, let's see how things uh, pan out. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. 100 episodes in the book. Spread it around. Give us an all-RT. Actually, we don't ask you very often. Go on iTunes. Give us give us a rating. Give us a review. That'll bring us up, the old things. Tweet it out on Twitter. Make sure it's a good one. <laughs> good one yeah. Give an old tweet out. Send it on Facebook, Pinterest, whatever that. I don't even know. What is Pinterest? Do you know what it is? Tell your friends to tell their friends about the podcast. Uh, Pinterest, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I have no idea what it is. I see it, I see it all the time, but I, I, I don't understand what it actually does. Yeah. Instagram, everywhere. Periscope it. Tell, tell our friends. Right, I'm at on Twitter, at ChaunchyNBA. Um, he's Graham, at Severe I think we might have had a little couple of audio issues throughout the podcast. Apologies if we did. We'll be back perfect next week again. Um, anything up on the website this week, Graham, that people should be looking out for? We talked about um, PT's article with uh, our, our interview with Artem Laboff. It was uh, it was more he called out Duo Joy and Cup Swanson as we talked about, but there was there was more stuff as well. And um, Reese McKee got announced to to fight uh, uh, Miles Price oh, yeah, at uh, Bama Twenty Eight in, Do- in Belfast, and Johnny Jitsu is fighting uh, Aditola as well. That got announced at the same time. So uh, yeah, Reese McKee, his first attempt at uh, defending the Lonsdale belt, he won there. Uh, yeah, last Jay week. Burton, yeah, good knockout in the first round. And uh, talking yeah. brawls will be coming next week. Uh, actually, uh, the, the Frankie Edgar interview from the week the week before as well. Noel wrote it up into an article. It was it's quite interesting. He says he thinks uh, Ricardo Lamas makes most sense next, and he consider moving the 135 or 155 pounds depending on the fight. So there's a lot of good stuff in there too. From Noel. My preview will be up as well, uh, probably Wednesday, so check that out as well for this card. Um, but that's it, 100 episodes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. 
before we go, here's my inspirational quote. Don't be afraid of being different. Be afraid of being the same as everyone else. We'll see you next week.